This is episode 118 with Holly Kaiser. Welcome to the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. I am your host, Brian McGuire. And if you are in pursuit of your own happiness, this is the podcast for you. Join me along my own journey in finding happiness as I cover topics such as health, wellness, mindset, travel, adventure, dating, relationships, and so much more as I interview some of the most passionate and successful people in the world. And speaking of in the world, we are going to Iceland on this episode as I was just there a few weeks ago and had the pleasure of running into Holly Kaiser on her infamous School Beans bus. Now, this bus is going viral as it should. I was doing a lot of research before my trip to Iceland and I could not not run into the School Beans bus on every page, every social media account I went to. The reviews were amazing. Everyone said, you have to go. And so I went and I met Holly briefly. And after I left, I said, you know what? I have to reach out to her. This is someone absolutely pursuing her happiness and she is making it happen, blazing her own path, doing it. And I got the story on how she made this happen. Now, if you're listening to this while driving, obviously don't open up your internet. But if you are home and you have not heard of this, go to schoolbeans.com, that's schoolbeans with a K, and you will see what the hype is all about. This little bus turned into a coffee shop in the middle of Vik, Iceland. Serves the best coffee, most delectable coffee I quite possibly have ever had. I was so happy that we stopped in there for a while, and even happier I got to meet and talk with Holly on this episode. She runs a super unique and amazing business, and she's an even better person. As you're about to find out, she's lived in multiple locations all over the world, which led her to gain experience in the coffee world. And then she started to experiment with different flavors and spices, which led to her amazing menu today. I genuinely don't know what I'm more impressed about. Is it her coffee, her menu, and the chemistry behind it? Or is it her story of finding a broken down school bus for years in Iceland, moving it a few hours away to Vic and creating her own business that's just gone berserk on the internet. This is such a great story. I loved talking with Holly and her positive attitude. I really look forward to all of you listening to her journey. And if you ever go to Iceland or you know anybody that is, please send them this way. You will definitely not regret it. It is right near the Black Sand Beach in Vic, such a beautiful location. As I mentioned to Holly, it felt like stepping back into the holiday season when I walked onto her bus and the nostalgia of walking onto a school bus. Just an incredible feeling. I loved everything about this and I am really excited for you to listen to my conversation with Holly. So without further ado, here's the history of School Beans and the journey of Holly Kaiser. Hello. Hey, Holly. Wonderful seeing you again. Lovely to see you too. How are you? 
I'm doing really well. I wish I was over there instead, getting a nice cup of coffee, doing this in person. But well, I'm it. actually committing a crime here. I'm drinking tea. I hope that's okay. It's absolutely okay. <laughs> I see it is uh, nice and bright. What time is it over there? It's got to be like, what, 8, 8.30 uh, p.m.? It is 8.30 and we've still got blue sky. Wow. And yeah, we are um, almost at the point of the... 24 hour daylight. That's yeah. uh that's amazing, but you're losing the northern lights, right? When you do that. So well, we thought northern lights were puffins. So there's always a good balance. So as, we as the lights are in, they're already starting to arrive. So um it's a pretty fair swap. That's that's <laughs> fantastic. So I clearly just missed the puffin seeing you two weeks ago. We were there two weeks ago. Um, when do the puffins arrive to Iceland? When is that? They normally arrive May until September, but they're starting to come early. We've had some really horrendous weather, and so it may have just given them a bit of a shove in the right direction. Ah, okay. <laughs> How has it been the last few weeks since I've left? Every season, uh, you name yeah. it, we've had snow, wind, rain, amazing sunshine, crazy northern lights, sun, summer, hail all in one day <laughs> That's, been... that sounds about right Hold on. So, so you've had a, have you had the northern lights in the last 10 days or so yeah yeah we had them i mean it depends how late you want to stay up i'm much more of a go to bed early wake up early person yeah yeah um but people have been seeing them when the sky's clear and if it's active they're out yeah so you just have to wait up a lot later now because it has to be really dark to see them. right yeah i fortunately i had been to iceland six or seven years ago now and i saw them amazingly there in iceland oh. but when i was just there a few weeks ago we didn't get to see any um mostly cloud cover we we wait we are up at like i don't know 11 midnight whatever there was just no open skies we we told our hotels call us if, if you see anything and never got a phone call so we've seen them before so at least it was the biggest bummer but it would have been nice to see like an amazing it would have been show. nice we, i think you were here when we had the particularly rainy um weeks is that right uh you remember yeah we um when we were in vic we passed through vic where you're located and school beans is located which we'll talk about here momentarily um yeah, when we passed through Vic to go to Glacier Lagoon, it was incredibly gusty and windy. So we said, hey, we'll hit up Vic and the Black Sand Beach and all that stuff on the way back. And so on the way back, it was just about the same. But then when we left town, we woke up really early that morning, almost sun, almost sunrise and went to the Black Sand Beach. And it was a beautiful day. So we saw an amazing morning there before we took off and went up to the lighthouse and everything. So we had a good morning in Vic, at least. So typically in Iceland, um, you'll get the best part of the day early in the morning, mm. which is really good if you wake up early like myself. So we'll go to the beach often at six in the morning. No one else is there. Sun's up. Clear skies no wind and then normally after lunch it starts to make a decision about what what it's going to do to us be okay. good or bad. <laughs> one thing i noticed i wanted to ask you too is when we were at, at the beach it was 7 a.m those waves were pounding those basalt columns now is yeah. that just that time of day or what because last time i was there years ago you can stand on the columns get photos you can see the photos yeah. everywhere i couldn't even get there it's tidal, so it really depends if it's a high tide, a low tide, what kind of weather it is. 
Um, you can check these things on the website and they now have, thankfully, a safety light um, system, which the locals have been sort of arguing about getting for quite a while. Mm. Um, just the normal red, amber, green uh, and an information on how close you should or shouldn't get. But if they're anywhere near the columns, that's your regular wave, but you have to factor in sneaker waves, which yeah. are an irregular wave, which will pop up when you least expect. And they're the ones that get people. So you really need to be careful on that beach. It's it's an incredibly dangerous beach. And sadly, we lose lives every year. And um, no matter what information and warnings they put out, people often want to get too close. And it's a dangerous beach. But we'll, we won't go dark. You know, <laughs> very nice, beautiful beach, full of beautiful bathtub columns and puffins. So. <laughs> yeah. No, it, those, I mean, those raves are for real like i said last time i was there i was able to stand on the columns there was no real issue with waves and this time it was like whoa I was like, I was like, are, are these the same columns am i in the same place because the waves were way higher way stronger it made for some beautiful photos though you just saw the splash on the on the columns it was yeah, just gorgeous dramatic. and it really you feel it you feel the waves it, it vibrates around and and we live quite close to the sea and when the waves are really heavy it sounds like uh, engine or generator is idling outside the front door you can feel it it's, mm. it's pretty well but mm. it's what makes it beautiful too so for people listening to you and listening to you talk you live in iceland but is that an icelandic accent where are you originally <laughs> no, from? no and to be a bit more complicated um <laughs> i lived in australia i'm born in england lived in australia for six and a bit years wow. and have been here for almost six years so I'm losing my uh, Australian twang. Uh, my English is obviously a lot stronger. And I, some people have no idea where I'm from. It depends who <laughs> I'm talking to and what decides to come out. But yeah, English, hence drinking cup of tea. There you go. <laughs> yeah, when we stepped on your bus, I wasn't prepared to hear that accent. Uh, I, was <laughs> <just> like, <laughs> I don't know what I was prepared to hear, but it wasn't that. But I mean, so are you speaking Icelandic these days? If so, how oh long did that take for you to learn? Oh, it's shameful. I can't hold a conversation in Icelandic. My partner's even Icelandic, but we did learn that the best way for us to have an argument is for him to try and teach me. So now we don't. <laughs> it's brutal. Um, it is. But I can understand a lot more than I can speak, which I think is always normal in languages. You learn to hear those words. Mm. Um, so any Icelanders listen to this, be careful what you're saying. I, <laughs> I just can't answer. <laughs> I, I remember the first time going to Iceland. I was like, yeah, I'll try to speak the language or I'll dabble in it here and there just to kind of see if I can have a small conversation with somebody. And I just remember looking at a few things. I was like, nope, forget it. I Thank God Ice, Icelandic people for the most part speak English. So it's not so bad. And I thought I mean, it was... it's amazing. Um, and I'm so grateful. And I don't take it for granted that mm. English is essentially a second language here. Yeah. <clears throat> from people from all over the, um, all over the EU work here. It's, it's this town alone is, uh 50% non-Icelandic because mm. the infrastructure is too big for the locals to um sustain that. Mm. Um so as a result we get a lot of people from uh, European countries working here. I got here pre-Brexit. <laughs> so I'm allowed <laughs> to stay. Um, and as a result uh the the 
language that is spoken amongst everybody if you put us on the room is English so I'm really fortunate because the language system in England is as you can imagine is historically yeah. disastrous so. yeah. yeah I thought it was cute when my wife was like oh I'm gonna try to learn this Icelandic and speak a little bit when I'm over there I was like no you're not <laughs> the trick is to have a few whiskeys and then try and pronounce the words <laughs> it's so bad for anybody that doesn't believe me go look at a map and just go look at some of the waterfalls and volcano names and see if you can do it <laughs> it's like why i moved to this town vic v-i-k i can spell Vic-I-K. that one i'll you live like there that? right <laughs> yeah, you got the you got the easy one um <laughs> how in the world did you end up in iceland oh it's the most common question actually um it was oh, sort of by accident Obviously, you lived in the UK. Do you want the long story or the short story? Ah, somewhere in between. <laughs> um, so in England, um, I had a career. I was actually a police officer for almost wow. 10 years. And I got a mortgage from the age of 20. And I was just work, 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 overtime, mortgage, in you know, home loan. or And... I just realized very quickly when I looked around at all my colleagues that were coming towards the end of their service, which back then was 30 years. And I need to be careful because a lot of them I'm still in contact with, but none of them looked particularly happy. Mm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. they had a sort of gray filter to them and the sunken, cynical, um, I guess, perspective on life or people. And... I was so young, I was 29, just about to turn 30, when I realized um, I could take a career break um, and you can take up to five years. It's normally signed if you want to have a family, but I was like, hey, I'm gonna go traveling. Um, So I hit the road and at the same time was doing a fundraiser for the air ambulance. Um, And I did the most incredible year of travel. I met the most amazing people and did this running challenge to raise money for the air ambulance. So it was really fulfilling. And I realized in that year, taking the travel out, just meeting people outside of a criminal environment and seeing what people give and how people connect in the most obscure environments made me feel more fulfilled than I have ever felt solving even the best crime which is crazy because you Mm. that's a great feeling but it was for those other people but I was getting fulfillment for myself and I ended up in Australia and my intention was to um just work there and then continue but I ended up staying there and working and after a few years um I wanted to come closer to the UK um when things happen so far away you're never just a day away so I decided that it would be a good time to start um, making my way back and as I was at Singapore airport visiting home I had a friend message me saying oh hey you should come to Iceland it's awesome Mm. Um, well I'm actually at Singapore airport and I've got no plans for the next month what are you doing next week (laughs) so I visited in August and I guess like you've experienced uh, there's something about Iceland that really uh, resonates a lot of people in a lot of ways, whether it's the nature or um, the drama of it all, or the fresh air, the sustainability. And I just arrived here and went, I really want to ex- experience this. 
Um, so I worked as a glacier guide for a year. <laughs> and, um, that was really good. So my job was to walk on glaciers every day. Now, real quick, just to halt your story for a moment, is that because in order to move to Iceland, you need a job that is specific to like your skill set? Is that why you did that? No, at the time, UK was within the EU, so we had free work rights. So I could have worked as a cleaner, as a barista, anything. Um, I could have just worked. Oh, uh, so that's yeah. since Brexit that you have to have that specific skill set. Yeah, much like oh. if I was to relocate to the US, um, okay. Australia, I'd need a very specific visa. Um, so it's the same for UK residents now. But I got here before that, so I was able to get my domicile. Makes sense. Got it. Yes. Um, and I lived in Skeftefell, which is in the Vatniokol National Park, which is not too far from the Glacier Lagoon that you tried to see. Yep. Um, and there's no coffee shops there. And I got sick of moaning about it and decided to do something about it myself. Yeah, this is interesting because <laughs> have you noticed like you've, have you gone viral, would you say? Because maybe it's because I'm looking up Iceland. But since we started to really look at Iceland these last five or six months before going there, like I just kept hearing like, oh, you got to go check out the school bus, the school bus coffee. I kept seeing yeah. that on Instagram. I kept seeing the reels and people were saying, this is amazing. I go to school bus coffee. Like, have you noticed like an uptick? Um, in some respects, yes. But normally that's from customers. I use Instagram and um, that connects automatically to Facebook. So I don't really go on to Facebook. I try really hard not to. In fact, um, and I try and really limit the time that I, I'll do a post and I'll reply to messages and then I put my phone away. Um, I might watch cat videos if I want to get <laughs> 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 the animal videos, epic fails, that kind of thing. Um, but I, I don't have a TikTok account. I tried and to me, it was just another thing that yeah. I was going to have to, um, commit to on the screen. But we have so many customers coming in saying we saw you on TikTok. Um, we saw you in a, in this magazine or this travel guide or this blog. And I don't research myself because uh, firstly, I'm too busy. And secondly, my whole world is this bus, <laughs> the bus and at home. So I don't really want to get bigger. And I'm, I'm grateful. Trust me. I'm really, really grateful. Um, but I don't know if it's gone viral. You would know more than me. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, aside from sounding like a disease, it's a good thing, I guess, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah, I mean, let's kind of go back to where, where you started. So you live, you were living in Skaftafell, which we did hike that waterfall. It would be a pelted with rain that day. I mean, that was a beautiful yeah. waterfall up there. Um, yeah. And so where, okay. I can understand the idea of opening a coffee shop. You went completely out of left field and ended up getting a school bus. Like where did this come from? Yeah. <laughs> um, so between Reykjavik and where I was living and working, there wasn't any coffee or drink speciality only cafes. They normally had a restaurant or were much more directed towards mass groups or you know, your gas station or your big eateries. So I was too scared to commit to a building because I didn't know how just a simple drink speciality place would 
be received. Mm. Um, so I was looking at food trucks, but I wanted to create one that could be used potentially all year round um, with the use of a log burner to keep us alive in winter and to give people shelter on, you know, 90% of the days, which even if it's a sunny day, it can be quite cold. So I was looking at all vehicles, whether it was horse trailers and trucks, anything I could see. And then this school bus was left over from the American air base that closed down in the early 2000s, um, which is Keflavik. And loads of these school buses were starburst around Iceland. And this one happened to be um, used by a river rafting company um, in near the Golden Circle. And it had broken down, sat there for two years. They wanted to get rid of it. So I bought it for the equivalent of $800. Which wow. Was yeah, it was cheaper than them having to get rid of it. How did you know this was on sale? Like, where would you even look to buy? I was well connected. My friend Una was a mechanic for the company I work for, and he was a mechanic on this bus. Okay. So he knew how to fix it, Holly. It just needs batteries and an ignition cables. So I was like, let's go. We're going. Um, so, yeah, we fixed it with two batteries and ignition cable. When I say we, not me, it was Una. <laughs> that I would just cheer him on. <laughs> with, your, with your cash, too, that helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it was just dumb luck that I got this bus and thank goodness I did because what the vehicle itself did it connected everything that I wanted to do so well because the my idea had so much personality within the menu itself and to have just a stock standard food truck it may not have translated as well as I wanted it to mm. but using this nostalgic charismatic vehicle not only it has this sort of magical door that forces people to smile as they walk in it it creates this nostalgia happiness when kids come in they're not scared because they're not going to school they're happy that they're in a school bus <laughs> and um, it just looks so fun in the location because what is a giant yellow bus doing underneath a massive volcano in the middle of nowhere in Iceland. <laughs> it just makes no sense. So <laughs> so when you saw the school bus, you're like, yeah, this is it. I'm going to gut it and then kind of put my own seating in this. Yeah, 100%. So I had to rip everything out because it was just completely wrecked. Um, it was a two-year project, a labor wow. of love. I would work full-time on my days off. I would work on the bus, work a bit, save a bit, work on the bus. I wanted to open debt free. And thank goodness I made that decision because 10 hours before opening, the pandemic hit. Oh my God. <laughs> and all of the rules applied from midnight, the night that I was about, the day I was about to open. So um, thank goodness I opened with, you know, no, no minus sign on my bank account with it. So I was really fortunate in that respect. Holy crap. <laughs> So why why Vic? Where did Vic come into play? Because I could spell it. No, not really. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I used to drive through. The town just before Vic I lived in was called Kikubai Cluster. The <laughs> big one beginning with K. <laughs> you would have driven past. K-Town is the easier way to call it. K-Town, got it. Um, and I used to drive past Vic uh, to go to the city, um, okay. which is about three and a half hours from there. And I just used to stop here at the little a little restaurant called Haldor's Cafe and have a tea 
or a drink. And I always used to feel so bad taking up a whole table when it was clearly a restaurant. That was the other reason that sort of I wanted to do just drinks because for restaurants, it's really a negative thing if a family of or a big group come in and just have coffees when another, then they might lose customers when it comes to food. Mm. Um, and every time I would come through the town, it was just so beautiful. I've got, I've got mount, a river running down, <laughs> mountains. I've got the sea over there, the sea stacks, you can see. I can see it. Um, yeah. And it's just kind of one of those towns that when you, when you drive through, especially coming back from Reykjavik and you drive over that hill and you see the sea and you've got the mountains on one side, the sea on the other, it's just magical. And it's small, it has great infrastructure, and I felt that this was a good place and a good community um, to dip my toe in the water with a coffee bus. It is yeah. like a little movie scene area. No matter what view you have of Vic, whether you're up or below, east, west, it doesn't matter. It's like, or if it's sunny or dreary, like it still looks like a movie scene no matter what day, what season, what location. You're absolutely right. It's exactly whatever the weather. Sometimes when it's cloudy, it just looks really atmospheric and nice. And it changes all the time. The sun sets, the sun rises, the snow, the clouds. It's just, yeah. I'm really what, lucky living here. Oh, that's that's amazing you say that. I remember when, when I visited those years back, when I went to the Black Sand Beach, it was a really, really dreary, gloomy day. But it was like stepping back in time watching life through like a black and white television because um, this this the sky was gray the ocean was like a really dark gray and the sand was black and the basalt columns are gray and it was just like i am in black and white right now this is it was a really really crazy experience but it's a photographer's dream because if you go and stand in it in say you know a color you're glowing in yeah. that environment so you can get the most incredible photographs it's yeah. such a great um condition to take really dramatic or beautiful photos as well could it could not agree more and so as far as like your exact location in vic how did you even choose that i mean so you just pull <laughs> over the bus you're like i'm gonna park it here and you have it to just like break down there <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, that was my biggest um, challenge because mm. food trucks were new to this town and the municipality were like, we don't know what to do with you. Um, we don't know if you're going to succeed. We don't know what the rules are. Mm. So give us information. So I basically had to provide them with all of the information. And there's quite strict rules with regard to wastewater access to fresh water you need access to a staff toilet so it's quite constrictive for a food truck you think food trucks would have the most freedom um well in fact you still need a lot of the same things as a restaurant uh, with the exception of providing um toilets for customers and um separate exits and entrances um so I really racked my brains and the town is laid out and structured in quite a dynamic way where you have like your pockets of things like mm -hmm. your retail, your pubs, your restaurants, and it didn't fit anywhere in town. And where they wanted me, it was destined to fail, destined to fail. It was in the back end of nowhere. And I can't have a signpost because I'm a food truck. So I'm not a permanent mm -hmm. structure. Um, 
and it was it was in my opinion I mean it may not have done but in my opinion it seemed like it wasn't going to provide parking waiting areas it, it I wasn't sort of it didn't give me that feeling of safety and then the um area that I am is actually where the golf course is it's a nine hole, hole golf course beautiful it's all along the mountain and the lady that runs it Anna said put it on the golf course and I was like are you sure she said you can plug it into the electrics you can use the toilet for the staff toilets and you can use all our access to water and waste and it was a dream came true it was exactly the location when families come with their kids they've got loads of space to run around good parking so scenic yeah and there's a Four two kilometers easy walk one way the town's the other way so yeah it was just speaking to the right person the right time who believed in what I was doing who knew I wasn't just gonna wow create a disaster and leave it there she wow. she understood that's amazing okay so you connected with the owner of this golf course you better hope they don't sell that golf course <laughs> right I mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, well, there's bound to be changes because the town is developing. But as long as I can stay with those guys, then yeah. it's just a, a marriage made in heaven. And, and whatever I can do to help them, then I do as well. So I want to get into your like experience with coffee and your menu here in just a moment. Um, but I will say the whole nostalgia thing. Like when when you think of a school bus, I think people do think of obviously like school back in the day being kids, but also stuffy, crammed. A lot of people you're kind of cramming in there. When you walked into your school bus, it was like I honestly felt like it was December 24th. And Aww. I was like getting ready for Christmas with my wife, bundled up in a jacket. And it was like when we're gonna get a coffee, it felt like Christmas to me. Do you hear what that a lot? This is the first time outside of Christmas that it's felt like Christmas. Did you go when it was busy or when it was quiet? It was semi-busy. I think we had to, we had to wait maybe two minutes to get a seat, and then we ended up getting one of the big seats oh. along the side. But you also have, for people that, you got to just view this thing, and I'm going to post pictures for you, is um, like you have a fireplace in there as well, and you're just putting logs in a fire. This is in a school bus. It just feels <laughs> like a small little home. It feels it, very comfortable. This is actually really heartwarming for me to hear because when I was designing it, I wanted to create a space that I wanted to be in. And so we know it's going to be awkward because it's a school bus. So people are going to bump their head and we've only got 10 seats, but there's a lot you can do with small spaces. And you can see that through the tiny house movement. You don't need expansive spaces to put big elements in there. Um, and that log burner has saved us from having to close most of the year. Mm. Um, it means that, um, you know, we can stay warm and it creates this really nice feeling for people coming in. Um, all of the wood is donated by locals. It's just, it's offcuts from people building houses, from people, from a local timber merchant, from trees that they cut down. And it's a dual fuel burning fire. So the emissions are so low 
but the heat output is massive. Sometimes we go a bit too uh, hard. <laughs> just, op open, just open the window. <laughs> we have to rotate people to evenly cook them all the way, all the way through. Now, I'm, I, as you talk, I'm looking at the photos uh, from when we were there. I took photos of myself and my wife, Kristen. Oh. It only tends to, it definitely seemed bigger than that. It seemed way it's bigger than that. Ten seats and a cushion that we we call the tall seat or the lover's seat because you can sometimes fit two bottoms on there. I mean, so here's a picture of my wife. Like, how happy does she look oh. inside this school bus? <laughs> she could not, not be happier. She over and over. She, we got to stop at the school bus. We have to stop at the school bus. She could not oh. be any happier. And then up top, wonderful idea. You have shelves up top. Looks like you're selling local artwork. Is that correct? Yeah, we support all the local artists. So we have. Um, wood art made by locals here as well they made this for us that's really nice yeah super nice yeah um k wood arts i'll just promote them there then yeah. my friend hillary fiara fiara creatives um does uh five of the postcards and the poster and the image on the menu um we make a lot of the jewelry ourselves we make the soaps ourselves we just try and do things from small or local producers that you can't really find anywhere else in Iceland. Because you probably mm. notice that a lot of the shops sell exactly the same thing. And I wanted to make sure that I didn't. I wanted to, basically, when I shop for the bus, I shop for myself and go, I love that. I'll sell it. That's great. <laughs> I did notice that because when we were here, it was like, you know, we want to buy stuff for our family. We want to buy stuff for ourselves to bring it home. And it was consistently the same stuff. Like, even when, when everywhere we go, we get a magnet from where we were and also like a Christmas ornament. And looking at that stuff, it was the same everywhere. There's a cookie cutter, you know, just the same yeah. old, same old. Suppliers are few and far between yeah. uh, in Iceland. So it is quite hard to get that. So I work with some small artists um, from, from around the world, really. And then I just order in small batches and, and they send them over. But it does come with a cost. I mean, it's a huge importation tax. Yeah. Um, but it's what I want to do. I don't want to be the same as everybody else. So, yeah. yeah. It's a wonderful touch. And I'm, I'm scrolling through photos and I remember this photo. Um, so I'm taking photos here for anybody who's listening to this on their, on their radio <laughs> or in their car or whatever. Like I'll post on Instagram. So please check out the Instagram. Um, I got a pumpkin... Pumpkin pumpkin, pumpkin party. I didn't say party, but it's party. And my wife, party. can you tell what my wife got? I don't, can you tell what that is? Is it a hot chocolate with the works? Or yeah. a mocha with the works or something? Yeah. One, one, <laughs> one of them, I don't remember. But what is your experience though? Yeah, what is your experience with coffee? Do you have experience with coffee and all that? Or are you just like, I'm going to wing it and see what works? No, it was it was 90% experience, 10% wing it. Um, so when I first arrived in Australia, uh, no one employs a backpacker because we can only work for six months at any one time. And I happened to, I, I arrived on the second day in Australia and I, my bags didn't arrive. So I'm in my hiking wear that I'd arrived in and, um, just walking around anywhere with the CV. And I didn't realize from the point that I joined the police in the UK to leaving that the world had changed and everyone does everything online now. So I'm walking into everyone going, here's my CV. I'd like a job in hiking wear. And they're looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> and I happened to walk into a cafe that had opened a second store, completely forgetting to recruit. So, 
so I was hired immediately. It was like, we need you now. So I walked in there and I was like, oh, it can't be that hard, can it? I'll just make a cappuccino. And I kid you not, it was as if I'd gone into the bubbliest of baths, scooped up the foam with bubbles that big and put it in a cup. It was, there was no weight to it. It was as if there was nothing in there. <laughs> and my colleague, who's a really good friend of mine um, since that day, because I think he realised that he could just uh, take the mickey out of me and I could handle it, just looked at me with absolute disgust <laughs> and ran off to tell the manager. And then the manager came back and he said, like, oh, I think we'll put you on a course. So then I did a barista course and that oh, was really interesting. And the thing I liked about it was all the science behind it and the like the different something such a small difference and something can make such a huge difference to the flavor or makeup or balance of the coffee so um so that was sort of what I enjoyed and then actually a lot of the work that I did in Australia was was either directly with cafes or setting up pop-up cafes Mm. um to activate areas um it was when I was sort of had a career there and then when I came, so I had that experience in making coffee and very, very basic experience roasting. And when I say basic experience roasting, I mean having a go in Vietnam in a pan over a fire. So when I decided I wanted to roast beans, seemed like a good idea at the time. Oh yeah, I'll roast beans for the cafe. No problem. Um, I think I burnt about 12 kilos of beans before I realized that I probably shouldn't. <laughs> the alarm going off, everything, and neighbors are coming around seeing if the house was on fire. Um, and so that was just, uh, again, same with the bus, a labor of love, just working out and then contacting professionals, having them work with me and guide me through it. There's a lot of FaceTime conversations, and I knew exactly what I wanted out of the bean, and I had to work really hard to find that that right being because you probably noticed in Iceland a lot of the coffee is very dark and very bitter mm-hmm. and I wanted to bring a little bit of mellowness um sort of a softer palette more sweet and chocolatey tones um a bit more of a sort of a Melbourne vibe um okay. so I, yeah. yeah maybe that played a, a, a role into thinking holiday season for me was because you do look at the menu. I mean, it's got everything that I love. I'm a huge sweets person. Uh, I picked pumpkin, as you mentioned. Uh, I know it wasn't anywhere near fall time, but pumpkin is my favorite flavor of, of all time. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, we have like, like chocolate, pumpkin. Like what are the what are the best selling flavors that you have? At the moment, um, it's a drink called Dragon's Breath, um, which is white hot chocolate. And then I've got pure dragon fruit powder um, mm. that I put in, which makes it beautiful and pink. And then I add cayenne pepper to it, which gives it a bit of a kick. And so what you get is this bright pink steamed sweets with a bit of a bite, nothing too spicy, just enough to make you feel it here. Um, I just pointed to my cheeks for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we top it with cream, beautiful edible petals, and um, coconut flakes. And those. able to watch, I'm about to find a little picture because it's really, really pretty. Um, so this is the dragon. Oh, that, is, that is beautiful. Yeah, really pretty. So that one's really popular. And I think largely because when people see one getting served, they want to try it. Um, we have a chocolate called the Overdose, which is, it's got chocolate bars, 
and chocolate bars and Maltesers and more chocolate bars and cream and marshmallows. So it is exactly what it says. It's an overdose. Do you drink um, this every day? No. <laughs> It'd no, be I bad, right? Like dessert I, every day. <laughs> oh, uh, I've had a bagel for lunch every day for two and a half years now. I, <laughs> on my days off, I don't want to even look at bagels. <laughs> but it's the best so good. It's so oh, good. Good, good, good. Where did yeah, you come up with? Not to not to cut you off. Keep going. Keep no, going. No, you keep going. Oh, I was going to say, where did you come up with all of these like concoctions and flavors? How did you know which ones to keep, which ones to get rid of? And then, did you get to name them all too? I did get to name them all, um, along with the soaps as well. They've got some quite funny names. But the um, the flavors, I've always loved working with different flavors. I've been a vegetarian since as long as I can remember, since mm. you know single digits. And in the 80s, that was a pretty grim like, cardboard experience with the Linda McCartney burgers that you could mm-hmm. I don't even know. I mean, she's, she did brilliant things, but the 80s version was, you know, a bit dry. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so as when I left home at 18, I had no idea what I was doing when it came to flavours. So I just bought loads of spices one day and realised, wow, these are really cool. So when it comes to creating flavors, I've always been quite in tune with what works and what doesn't work. But that doesn't mean that there's no errors. So things like the white chocolate fennel, I was actually in bed um, and I woke up in the middle of the night, it was about four in the morning, and I got the fennel out the cupboard, put it on the table, went back to bed. And in the morning, I didn't remember. And my partner said, why did you get the fennel out the cupboard? And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember white chocolate fennel. That's got to be good. <laughs> so sometimes it's literally in my sleep. And that's a beautiful hot chocolate, by the way, for anyone that wants to try that. It's worth combining those flavors together. It's lovely. Um, but the dragon's breath was simply because we went to Bali for uh, for a holiday this winter. And I ate a wrong amount of dragon's fruit. It was just a complete addiction along with coconut and when I got back I just really wanted to incorporate dragon's fruit and coconut into a drink and Mm. I figured let's do it so that's how that came up (laughs) I I love coconut too it's a huge favorite of mine like where where do you get these ingredients from Oh, that's hard. I've got to import a lot of them. Sorry, the cat's meowing because he's just seen the neighbor's cat out. (laughs) That's Um, fine. Um uh, I have to import them. And that's yeah. really hard sometimes because Iceland has a huge long list of rules with what you can and can't import through companies. So if a company here is licensed for that, you can't have another licensed company outside uh, send it in. So things like print work is really hard to import, which means you have to get it done here, which is incredibly expensive. But there's just some things I can't get here. Like many things in Iceland is quite limited. So when it comes to edible petals or um, the dragon fruit, I have to have that find a supplier. I often have to send that to my family in the UK who either deliver it to me from the UK or sometimes it's cheaper to fly over and bring it over. Mm. Um, so, and you obviously have to pay all the importation tax and whatnot. Uh, I think that the menu, I wouldn't describe as cost effective for me, but... I don't want to just have a tea bag and, and, and or a button press coffee. I want to give people an experience. 
Yeah, it's it's one of a kind for sure. I, I'm taking notes as you're talking here. One of the questions I have is like, would you ever, if you don't already, consider making like a, a recipe booklet or a book for people to download or perhaps, perhaps to buy, you know, because, hey, seems like you're a chemist here. And I will, <laughs> I will admit your stuff is really good. I mean, it doesn't take off just because you're a school bus. It is amazing. But the fact that they go in there and have a great time, have a great coffee and everything you're making is really good. You know, perhaps um, uh, look into that. That's actually a really, really nice idea because um, I hadn't thought of that. And a lot of people do ask me how to make things. Sorry, my partner's just getting the cat because he's meowing <laughs> <laughs> like crazy. You're absolutely fine. Settle down now. <laughs> um, I've never thought of that, but it would be nice because when people ask me how to make something, I'll get lots of messages saying, how do you make this or how do you make that? Things like the moon milk or the golden milk. I've got no problem sharing these recipes. I, I think it's a really nice thing to be able to share something. It's a huge compliment. And mm. we do do a lot of things from scratch, like the golden milk and all our botanicals are natural. So, yeah, that's a really nice idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think you should think because what went through my head was the fact that I wish I can have it tomorrow. Right. But getting to Iceland isn't the easiest thing in the world to do, especially for coffee. And I recommend everyone get there at least once in their life, if not twice. Oh, um, and I really want more people to experience what you have to offer. So I would say if someone can't get there or it's just not on the radar yet or whatever, like they can still experience what you've done and what you've created from their own house if they just get there. That's a really nice idea. I used to, when I would make, because I make the hummus and... Oh, you make um, hummus too? Oh, man, I love yeah. hummus. There we go. I love making hummus because you can literally add anything to it as well. You yeah. don't have to stick with the tradition. So if you have something you know, that you feel, oh, that could look nice. Well, that could taste nice. You can just chuck it in and it's, it's yeah. really good. Um but I do like little videos so people know how, how to make it. So yeah, it's a really nice idea. I like that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I will <laughs> credit you in there when <laughs> that's that's the marketer in me. I know you said you've already got a designer and uh someone who does your branding, but if you needed help with that, I'll definitely help you. <laughs> well, my friend Hillary is that she's just a way, way better drawer than me. And uh she's been just amazing at uh helping me bring to life the what the bus is so i said oh could you design a nice little postcard for the bus and she just did the most amazing graphic that's incredible awesome yeah she's incredible she's what i would what i would recommend when you do come up with this booklet is that gives you an opportunity to make each one of these drinks as well and you get like a professional photographer or anybody's good with photography because these they're beautiful they're works of art they're basically like you go to someplace i don't know that serves like these just amazing desserts or whatever and like the way things are placed and what you have in there and everything it is a work of art so I, would, I only want the best photos and photography for you then when people see it they'll <laughs> understand what we're talking about so oh well hey how's your photography because maybe this could be a sweet deal pumpkin I'm, party I'm decent, I'm decent with <laughs> photography <laughs> it's a deal yeah hey. no i'd love to help you no, you're, it's the, you're the real deal. I like that deal of the cent steel of the century. I would say, I um I like the fact that you compared it to one of those fancy dessert places because it's kind of what I wanted to do. Is I feel that 
the coffee bean has been through so and the and the cacao bean tea all of these precious ingredients that we take for granted we really take for granted the process that that leaf bean or botanical has been through to get into a cup if you go to a gas station, you can get a cup of coffee. If you go to a mission in restaurant, you can get a cup of coffee. But the journey that that bean has been through is phenomenal. So what I wanted to do was showcase that in creating something special. Um, and, and just outside of your normal lattes, black coffees, cappuccinos, and your tr more traditional drinks. So I wanted the drink scene to become a celebration because so often, you know, you have this you know, you go out for a fancy dinner and it's special or you'll go out for a brunch and it's special or you'll make us a big breakfast and it's special. But just a quick drink is just such a lovely luxury that we take for granted. And I wanted people to stop and pause and have a moment and go, wow, that's really nice. Mm. Um, that was a nice moment, much like um, hopefully you and your wife did where you go, oh, that was a a nice mini moment in a big day. For sure. Um, well, it's a double whammy because it's all, it's just a unique location where you're sitting there. You're kind of looking around like, wow, this is cool. I've never been anything like this. Probably won't ever be again. And then uh -huh. you get the drinks and you're drinking it. You're like, this looks amazing. This tastes amazing. So it's really <laughs> a double whammy. Because if I were just sitting in some good old, we'll say Starbucks or whatever coffee place, drinking your drink i would remember it because it was that delicious wow. or, or if it was just a black coffee but i was drinking it in a school bus i would remember it because i was in a very unique school bus but you have both instances working <laughs> thank you that's yeah, a massive absolutely. compliment yeah I think, I think i take for granted as well what um what i've created but i i couldn't do it without the people behind me i think all these successful businesses and whether you call us entrepreneurs or you know just simple businesses, um, it doesn't come alone. It's never a one-man band or one-woman mm. band. My mm. staff are—I have to credit my staff. They're amazing. They are just joyful and enthusiastic and engaging with customers. My partner—he keeps me absolutely sane when <laughs> things are exhausted beyond exhausted. He literally will give me dinner in bed. And how nice is that? Yeah. And, and caffeine. And the caffeine. <laughs> and then my family who have just backed me. I mean, that's a scary thing. I mean, even though I'm a completely adult woman that's totally independent, for me as their child to go, I'm leaving a career, selling up, getting on a plane to, I started in Russia mm. to travel the world and then go, oh, I'm living in Australia. Oh, by the way, I'm going to move to Iceland and become a glacier guy. Oh, hey, I'm going to open a food truck. They have never once gone, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which, when you summarize it, it sounds unstable. It sounds crazy. But for every career I've uh, I've had, I've really put my all into it. And really, it's only sort of, I think, three careers that have been massive. Uh, policing my career in Australia, working uh, in like marketing, I guess, a pretty simple term. Mm -hmm. and And now this one. Well, they probably, I mean, they know you the best, right? It was probably not necessarily your decisions, but it was the person behind the decision that they trusted the most. Whereas if you had a 
you know, one of those attitudes where like, I'm going to start something and then you never finish it. They probably will look at you a little different, but I'm guessing you're I one of those follow people through, that I follow so through. I, yeah. And I think one, what they've always seen is I've always been able to support myself financially on hmm. my own without having to get myself in any trouble. I've always been very safe with, and I live sort of home. I don't spend and buy. Within your means. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and they, they do trust me. I think it's always a bit unnerving when you make a big decision. But, I mean, your your podcast, The Pursuit of Happiness, it comes in all forms. And I mm-hmm. think it's a, that is a really powerful statement. It's a pursuit of happiness. You don't get there and sustain it. It's not sustaining happiness. I think when you, when you realize that, things are always hard and you've got to push. I mean, this is, this is the hardest thing I have ever done in my life. Start a business, let alone start it during COVID. <laughs> there, I've shed more tears, blood, sweat and tears than I have in any other chapter of my life. But I feel fulfilled. But there, in previous careers, you reach that point where you go, what am I doing this for? And who am I doing this for? And why am I doing it? So then you, make the decision and everything you do in your life is a choice to pursue that happiness. And I'm an absolute poster person for being able to completely reinvent yourself and succeed. And you just got to go pedal to the metal and do it. Don't talk mm. about it. Stop moaning about it. Just do it. I can't say the same about me getting a good night's sleep and eating properly. But <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what I do. You win <laughs> yeah. some, you lose some. Yeah. <laughs> I would say within a couple of minutes of being in your place, I knew you were someone I was going to reach out to and ask to be on this. I knew you were super busy when I was there, but it was like happiness comes in all shapes, sizes, forms. And it was pretty clear, like when you walked on there, how friendly you were, how friendly the staff were, how happy everyone was to be there and how unique it was. And it was just like, this is a conversation I need to have because there clearly was no path for this. It wasn't like, oh, you're just following everyone else's footsteps. It's you literally created your own in this random location, <laughs> in a school bus. It was just absolutely one of a kind. Like I said, I'll live the rest of my life and never have an exact experience like that ever again. Oh. So I wanted to see how you did this. It's beautiful. It's it's such a, a lovely thing to hear. It really... I really don't take that for granted. It's really nice. I think the actual school school beans is probably a symbol of what my life has been. Just a little bit random, <laughs> full of color, nice things, tasty things, and yeah, memorable and <laughs> very memorable, memorable things. And um, it's something that uh, I I really did. It was scary giving up giving up stable income yeah uh, you know I had I have a house here and it that was really really scary but I think that's normal for any business you you don't go into it going oh is mm-hmm. it should it work what if it doesn't you go this I believe in this I've got a fire in my stomach it will work um and then let it play out but you can't go into it with trepidation you just have to go gun mm-hmm. home and, and get it done but it's um it's been a really, really uh, eye-opening experience. Um, I've learned so much, and I've learned the importance of. And I don't want to go all 
importance of gratitude, yada yada yada, sort of in a in a um superficial sense. Thanking every customer and engaging with every customer is and in any business is the most important thing to do because they are paying my staff. You paid my staff and me and allow me to keep my business going, not me. And it's the one thing that is essential is it's there's so many places where customer service has just gone and it's people that can be rude and not make your day better. And I wanted to bring that back. I wanted to bring the traditional customer is right. Let's make it really matter back to the bus. And I think that shows because if you give a customer a good experience, they're going to return that with a good experience back. And yeah. I will say we were bummed that you close your clothes on Mondays or we would have came back and gotten cup number two with you. Cause that's when we were back in Vic was on Monday. So <laughs> we tried to return and come back to get that. Mondays experience. are our fun days. I have to close <laughs> one day a week. Otherwise you do. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I have, I, one of my final questions to you was like, what's the one thing that you've learned through all of this. And you kind of just told me, and that's, that's amazing. I was just thinking as you were talking to me, like, can you tell and do you feel that you deal with happier customers being in Iceland? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but Iceland is one of the happiest countries in the entire world, right? And most yeah. people are also on vacation at the same time. So that's probably helpful. <laughs> yeah. I think it's true, actually. Um, I My experience of customers in the bus is really positive that's great i can count i can't even count on one hand rude customers mm. i can remember one incident personally and i kindly said hey you could be a bit nicer and she was incredibly <laughs> apologetic and there was one customer that staff told me about and that customer was having a rough time with a um a young child that was having a tantrum so yeah uh, we were just a punching bag for that person so it was, it was absolutely forgivable um but yeah my customers are amazing they're all really happy and everyone's and happy to be in there you walk like i said you walk into the door and it's like you step back in december 24th or 25th <laughs> or whatever you want to call it and it was just like you just get all the feels it's just like an amazing oh. atmosphere and then you get greeted by you saying hello have a seat uh, here. What would you like to drink? It's the best. It's the best. <laughs> it's a hug and a mug. We're genuinely a hug and a mug. That's what I wanted. It's this is lovely to hear because you're sort of telling me your experience and how valuable is that as a business owner to have someone tell like truly telling me their experience a few weeks later. That's lovely. Yeah. My um, customers are great. I'm very I'm always just feeling if I wake up having you know not had a good night's sleep or not feeling a hundred percent tip top, mm. uh, my customers always make up the difference it really wonderful yeah and i know you brought up the the term food truck a few times it's just like you don't really go into a food truck i mean at least here in america it's like you just walk up to the window and they hand you your thing and you're on your way whereas like you're welcoming people in, into your space and that's just completely if different limit the space we have you probably notice that we work yeah we, we really have to get on with each other as staff working in that space because we're often bumping bums and knocking elbows and um and but you know the payoff is that customers can come in in iceland we've got really crazy weather conditions so it can be pelting with rain outside or snowing yep. and people can eat to an open fire it's lovely 
it was a reprieve for us for sure. Cause like I said, it was, we were up at the lighthouse before we came and visited you. And we were getting blown away 80 mile an hour wind. Go- I don't know. You probably don't do miles an hour up there. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Kilometers, but we were getting blown sideways and it was just like the most insane wind I've ever felt. And we were driving, we saw your school bus. We saw the, the flashing school beans. We're like, we got to go. So we went and that was like the highlight of our day. We had such an amazing time. So. Oh, that's really great to hear. It's really great to hear. You were brave doing all those sights in that weather, but it shows you can do it and you can still have good memories. It's not. Oh, no, yeah. Not- yeah. It, it maybe makes them more memorable. I mean, the photos are a little wet but at the same time i didn't go all the way to iceland to sit in the car or go sit in a hotel room i'm gonna go i'm gonna go experience it but i mean that's when you go to iceland that's what you sign up for i was like when we left it was like we experienced iceland if it was sunny every day i would have said like yeah we are very fortunate but that's not really iceland (laughs) the name we do have to remind people that sometimes the clue is in the name yeah but if you come in say july august Hmm. oh It's just amazing. It's I would new love to. I would love to. You never get the chance to come again. And please do. Mm. Um, come in the summer months. I'm coming to take your photos, remember? Yeah, I'll be there. Absolutely. I love this deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, got, it's like an ocean of purple meadows with mm. the lupin. And it, it, the glaciers turn pink with the midnight sun. You've got purple flowers as far as your eye can see sheep roaming the road puffins whales that's amazing come back here in june and july august that's what you're gonna do (laughs) i would love to that's yeah if if and when i go to iceland again it's got to be in the summer because i've went in march i've went in april i have to see everything green and and purple as you say yeah it's just something else well there'll be i mean the lupins are starting you can see little leaves poking through um, so very soon they'll be coming up and then they'll beautiful it's the it's just the most most photogenic place you'll definitely see what it looks like beautiful school beans view <laughs> well holly it was amazing to get your story i'm so glad i did that and i'm sure there's a lot of people listening that are like i'm so glad i got to know the person behind the school bus and how <laughs> this came about and Honestly, think about the menu because I do believe people would, people probably see your photos and like, where do you even start with something like that? I would love to have some of those drinks and maybe oh, you can help somebody. So, it's a great idea. I haven't ever thought about it at all. I've just, if people have asked, I've just written it down and, and sent yeah. them a message. <laughs> That would save me a lot of work. There you go, right? <laughs> like, here you go, go to this link. <laughs> But no, I mean, Holly, it's it's been a blast. I, I just absolutely. can't appreciate it so much. And I know you're busy. So thank you for taking time out of your day to spend with me and spend with us. And it's it's been awesome, like I said. You too. And keep doing what you're doing because I think it's we need more positivity and this sort of level of hope, encouragement, inspiration, whatever you want to call it, whatever you get from it. I think it's really, Perfect. really valuable. So I appreciate the time. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Let's talk soon. Let's catch up soon, okay? Yes. Bye. Holly, you're the best. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. And cheers to much more success for you and School Beans. What a great place. 
and the coffee's incredible. It was so, so good, especially on a cold, rainy day. Hit the spot. I'm excited for all of you listening who are going to Iceland to check that out. You'll have to report back to me and tell Holly you said hello and you heard about it on this episode. If you enjoyed this episode or any other episode, please share this with friends, family, leave a review and subscribe. It's always, always appreciated. And that way you'll be notified for all future episodes coming up with even more amazing guests. And also follow me on Instagram at the Pursuit of Happiness podcast where you can stay up to date on even more with the podcast and my guest. So I'll catch you next time on the next episode of the Pursuit of Happiness podcast.